we're talking about parenting, one of the challenges of parenting, of course, is to help your kids deal with peer pressure. As they're growing up, um, there is always that pressure from their circle of friends around them at school, in the neighborhood, wherever, and that pressure to fit in. And of course, we try and counteract that so they won't do that. Of course, the hope we have that as parents is that as they grow up and become adults, they'll outgrow peer pressure, and it won't be a factor anymore in their life. And if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you. The reality is, even when we're adults, peer pressure is still just as real, isn't it? It just looks different. It happens in different places. It's not as much about what we wear as what we do or what we accomplish, things like that. But peer pressure is still just as real, even for parents and how we parent. Because what's everybody else doing in the neighborhood? Or what's everybody else doing at work? Or what are my siblings doing with their kids? There's just as much peer pressure, isn't there? Last week we began this new sermon series, First Aid for Parents. And really we spent last week looking at the fact that we face a big challenge in raising kids today. That's our goal. We want to raise healthy kids. Kids who are well-adjusted, who know who they are, who have a sense of their identity and a, a sense of purpose for their life, where they're headed. And not just where they're going and where they're headed, but their relationships and how life works for them. We're going to take a whole sermon in this series to just talk about that. What is success for us as parents? What's that look like? What, what, is it, what matters? And we're all coming to realize it's way more than test scores, isn't it? It's way more than trophies on a shelf if the Little League team wins the tournament. Life's more than that. But a lot of our time last week was looking at the fact that it's not easy to be a parent today. No longer are all the pieces of our culture supporting what we're trying to accomplish. And in fact, some of those pieces of our culture are working against what we're trying to accomplish. And we looked honestly at the fact that what we're currently doing isn't necessarily working. If you could trend how kids are doing, whether that's in addictions or any kind of measurement of success, those trends aren't headed upward, they're headed downward. Across our culture. And I think most parents know it. Most parents aren't sitting there saying, hey, we're doing a great job. Everybody in my neighborhood's doing a great job. This, we got this. I, I haven't run into a parent like that. Maybe you have. Maybe that's you. I'm, you're the exception. But of course, the question becomes, if we have a problem, well, what do we do? Well, there's some options, and I want to go through some options just real quickly, and then look at what I think we really need to do. What do we need to do? Well, one option is obviously to keep doing what we're currently doing. That's the easiest thing. It's sort of human nature. We all like ruts. And so what we're doing, we tend to want to keep doing. 
The only problem, of course, is Einstein's quote. Doing the same thing over and over and again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. So if what we're doing, parenting, isn't working, then doing it more is probably not going to be the answer. Because there's really no factual reason to anticipate there'll be a different outcome this time around the bush. We'll probably just run around the bush again and the track around the bush gets deeper and deeper. One of the other options, of course, is to see what's popular. What, what are other people doing? What are we seeing on TV? What, what's the neighborhood talk? What are our friends doing? What, what's Oprah say? Well, she's not on TV anymore. Sorry. What's uh, whoever's on TV saying right now? I won't risk another name because I'd probably be wrong. Probably one of our fallback options is to get somebody else to fix it, isn't it? That's sort of our culture again today. If I have a problem, who can I get to fix my problem? If we're struggling as parents, who can we get to fix this? One of the current options is, of course, the schools. The schools should fix this. And if you work in the education world and talk to any educator, they will tell you there is more pressure on educators today than there has been in memory. Because the culture is saying, fix my kids. Fix our homes. And for a while, we figured test scores would solve all that. We're not done with that yet, but it's not working and everybody's admitting that. We just don't know what else to do. There's other options. If I get my kids involved in enough activities, that'll fix it. Enough sports, enough dance, enough gymnastics, enough clubs. Because somehow busy kids must be good kids. And so we have our kids running everywhere. And the parents are sweating trying to keep up. And of course there is always the last option and that is the government or some other group, maybe the church youth group, they'll fix it. No, there's one other option. And I'm very hesitant to throw out this other option because I in no way mean to offend anybody here today. And from now on, the last four sermons in this series, I feel like I'm walking through a minefield in each of them. So pray for me. My goal isn't to offend. Um, my goal is to try to speak the truth and challenge us to look at truth and what do we do about it but there is one other option we're relying on as parents and that's medication if you're not aware of this you need to be in our culture today I want to give you only one statistic as I mentioned last week and it's the bottom of the sermon notes printed there is a book I would urge you to read The Collapse of Parenting written by a medical doctor, Leonard Sachs, who's also a psychiatrist. But he gives this statistic in his book. And it's about the issue of medication and the United States. Many of the other issues of parenting and the challenges of parenting are happening across what we call the third world. Europe, Australia, New Zealand, some of these other cultures similar to ours, they're facing many of these same parenting issues 
This is the one that is unique to the United States. If you're a child living in Europe, ooh, you can't see it, but Europe's on the right. For every child in Europe who is diagnosed with a condition that needs medication, in the United States, there are 78 children diagnosed with medication. Our kids are not that different. The challenge becomes, why is that happening? It's a question we have to ask. There's a lot of places we are looking for answers for our children. I'm not convinced any of those solutions are working that we've just listed. The ones we've been looking at, the solutions we've been looking at. I believe there is one solution. But before I talk about that one solution, we need to have an honest talk. I told you about the minefields. Because I need to ask you to stay with me and not shut down. Because the solution I want to throw out for you is going to challenge you. Can I say you're not going to like it? It's sort of like that medicine that tastes terrible. But you know, if you want to get better, just you know, suck it up and drink it. And quick, eat something else good. But you need the medicine. Don't fold your arms and shut down. Stay with me at least for today. Because the solution to our frustration in parenting has to begin at home. There's no other solution that bypasses that. And I understand how many of you are going to react and say, oh great, one more person beating up on the parents. Because you're sitting there saying, I'm trying. And you are. And I understand all that. And, and I understand you're trying. But succeeding or not, we can't avoid the reality that we are a big piece of the solution. Us parents. And what we do or don't do. I don't mean the parents are the only solution and, and there's a lot of other pieces that fit around the parents and the home. But we can't bypass that challenge that we are at the center of that because who has the biggest impact on our children? Think about that. It's not the schools. It's not the church. It's not even the culture. It's the parents. Because of how we are there every day, every year, how we are there as our children are growing up at every stage, we are having an impact on our kids greater than any other impact. And so for us to find a solution for our homes, we can't bypass the parents. We are a key piece of that. Now, we don't like that. The problem is the universe has rules. Things like gravity. You may not like it. Good luck with that. You know, it, it's sort of like we don't get a vote. Gravity is there. If I try to ignore it, if I try to say I don't like that rule, you know, bad things are going to happen to you at some point. 
Heavy things that you hold higher than your head and you drop them, they will land on your head. Gravity is going to work, like it or not. And unfortunately, the impact of parents on our kids is one of those laws of the universe. We saw yesterday, uh, last Sunday, God created us humans as social beings to grow up in a social setting called the family. That's how children are created. That's how they grow. We read the Psalms where it says God places the lonely in families. It's his design just as much as the design of gravity. And we can try and ignore that, but that doesn't make it go away. That's how things work. The answer isn't to try and escape our role as parents. The answer is trying to understand what is our role. And how do we parent in the right way. And that's what we're going to look at in the next two Sundays. What is, why are there parents? What is our role as parents? What's that all about? I want us to look at two verses that just support the importance of parenting. One is the version, or not the version, but the instance I want to look at is in Deuteronomy 5. It's the Ten Commandments. It's the fifth of the Ten Commandments. The ten key things God lays out for life to work. And number five is honor your father and your mother. As the Lord your God has commanded you. Now notice the payoff in doing it this way. So that you may live long and it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. For life to work as we grow up and we are adults, what does that go back to? The parents. And that parenting and how well that whole process happened will affect us in our life. And every one of us in this room knows that to be true. Because we sit around and talk about the impact our parents have had on us. Some bad and some good. But the impact is there. And we know it. And we see it. And that's why God said in the Ten Commandments, that's really important. And you need to listen and learn and all of that. But part of that is assuming what are the parents doing. Solomon, the wisest human who has ever lived, made an observation in Proverbs 6, verses 20 through 23. My son, this is Solomon speaking, out of his wisdom and experience and research on how to make life work. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When they sleep, they will watch over you. When you're awake, they will speak to you. This command to listen to what your parents have taught you, this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. Listen to this, because it's really important, Solomon is saying, because it will guide you through your life. Parents, what we do is critically important. 
not just for us, but for our kids. But before we talk about, okay, what do we do as parents? What should be our role as parents? There's one question I have to ask you. And a question that you have to ask yourself today. Can you swim upstream? To be a good parent, are you willing to do whatever it takes, even if that means you go against the grain? You don't go where everyone else is going. You don't do what everybody else in your neighborhood is doing. Are you willing to be different? Are you willing to do something that nobody else is doing? Are you willing to not do what everybody else is doing? Are you willing to do it in a different way? Are you willing to be different? Because the reality is popular opinion does not equal truth. And there's all kinds of things today that are popular in our neighborhood or popular on talk TV that are not good ideas for parenting. Are we willing to ignore that and do what is right and best, even if it means we are different? Are we willing to change what we've been doing? That's hard to do. It's hard for all of us. We talked about ruts. We get into habits of how we parent, or often it's how our parents parented us, and we just continue that. And to intentionally say, I'm going to parent differently, that's not easy. I think that's harder than just saying, I'm going to parent different from my friends. To say, I've been doing it this way, and I'm now going to do it this way. Are you willing to do that? Because what we're going to talk about in the next three weeks, in a sense, is a waste of time if we're not willing to say, I'm willing to be different. Oh, there's one other area you have to be willing to be different. And that is, what if your kids don't like it? We're going to talk a lot more about that topic in the next couple weeks. But one of the things that we see constantly today is parents are so hungry for their kids to like them, they give their authority off to the kids. It's what will make my kids happy. We all struggle with that. I've never met a parent who says, I hope my kids hate me. I, I, I've never, I'm, I'm not saying there's not a parent out there who feels that way. But in general, I've never run across it. We want our kids to like us. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way it should be. I mean, God wants us to love him. That's not wrong. But sometimes to do the right thing, to be a good parent, will make us extremely unpopular with our kids. Are you willing to be that different? Are you willing to say, I'm sorry, you don't like me right now? I, I have this vivid memory. Sorry, it just popped in my head. To my knowledge, my mother only touched me once in a physical punishment kind of way. My dad took care of that. It was that home, you know, when your dad gets home, well. But one day, 
And I was literally true. I was in principle wrong. My mom, for whom this was a high value thing, told me something and then changed and said I couldn't do it. So I said to her, you liar. <laughs> I got slapped. <laughs> and partially since that had never happened in my life, it was like, whoa. I crossed a line. Now, my mom didn't change what she'd said. I wasn't, she wasn't there for a popularity contest. That's part of the other question about being different. Because there's time as parents, we're going to be called to do things and lay out plans for our family and our kids that they're not going to like. Because they're children and parents are the adults. And there's time the adults have to do what we know is right because we're adults and they're not. But in this day and age, that has become a huge challenge for a lot of parents. And so I would ask you today to really do some heart check. Are you willing to be different if that is what it takes to be a good parent? And I really want to ask you to think about that this week and evaluate your heart on that and your mind. Because as I said, what we're going to lay out in the next couple weeks isn't going to look like everybody else in the neighborhood does it. We have to decide if we're willing to be different. As I promised last week and as we're going to look at, God does have answers for us. He has answers for us about what it means to be a parent. He has answers for us about this uh, thorny issue of what does authority look like in a home. And he has a lot of uh, uh, truth about what is success as a parent. And those are the next three sermons and what we're going to be looking at. God has answers for us and instructions and his truth works. But we have to be willing to follow it even if it means we will be different. Jesus said a fascinating thing in Matthew 7 that I think applies very well to the issue of parenting. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus gives a, a clear picture there. And we can all see it in our minds. That there is this broad road, and it's real easy, it's an interstate. And there's a ton of traffic on it because everybody's on this road. The problem is somewhere down that interstate, the bridge is out. And you can be happy and it's easy and you've got the radio on and everything else driving down that road. The problem is it's not leading you where you want to go. And that's like a lot of parenting today. Everybody's doing it. It's what's easy. Let them take care of my kids. Let them fix it. Whatever. Let them. The problem is it's not leading you where you want to go. But Jesus promises and says there is another road. But this is windy. 
you got to pay attention. There's all kinds of curves in it. And it's narrow. And maybe it's gravel. You might slip and spin. you got to be careful on this road. The issue is you stay on it. And you're going to come around the last curve. And it's going to open on to the most beautiful vista you've ever seen. And you're going to be so glad you were on this road. And there is a way to raise our kids so that those kids become healthy, whole adults who know what life's about and know where they're headed and have healthy relationships around them. And we're going to watch them and we're just going to say, this is so wonderful. It just hurts your heart in a happy way to see who they have become. And God says, I've got a path for you parents like that. I designed families. I know what can work in homes and parenting. And I know what can produce healthy whole kids. But you got to follow this path. And that means you're going to have to pay attention. And you're going to have to drive slow. Because there's curves and gravel and all kinds of things. But when you get to the vista and see what it looks like with your healthy adult children, you're going to say, I am so glad we invested that work. I am so glad we drove that path. But that comes back to that choice. Are you willing to be different? Are you willing to drive on God's path? The outcome hinges on that decision. It is my, not my intent to frustrate you and hold off. Well, well, what do we do, Jim? That's the next three weeks. I didn't wait and postpone that to frustrate you. I waited because this question is so central. And I wanted you to take a week to think about it. Are you willing to be different? Are you willing to take the tougher path to be a good parent? And you need to answer that because if you haven't driven that stake in the ground, if you haven't drawn that line in the sand, then hearing God's truth in the next three weeks will be a waste of your time. Because I guarantee you God will challenge you in some of your concepts of parenting. Some of the ways you'd like to do it, some of the easy path that you want to go on, God's going to say it won't work. I need to ask you to do this. I need you to not do this anymore. And you need to have already decided, okay, I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to do it different. If he says it, I'm going to do it different. If it means being a good parent, I am willing to be different than I used to be. I'm willing to do what my kids may not like. I want to be the parent my kids need me to be, the good parent I want to be. And if that means I have to be different, then so be it. I will be different. I'll do it God's way. Will you drive that stake in the ground this week? And next week we'll talk about why are there parents? What is our role? What do we need to do? Let's pray. Father, being different is not easy. It's easy to preach a sermon about it. It's easy to sit here in a pew and say, okay, I'll be different. 
But we know the truth when it comes down to being different. It's hard. And that's why I pray for your help for every one of these parents. That you would help them see why we need to follow your narrow road. Why it works. And not only help them see it, but give them courage and strength to actually follow. To get off the easy interstate and do the tough job of driving up that narrow road. Father, help them see the vista of what awaits them if they parent as you ask them to parent. Father, I pray you are working in our lives in this sermon series that you would help us be different, to be good parents. In your son's name.